Hey everyone, Ben here with a quick interruption before we get into today's episode to let you know that we have been nominated for a Sports Podcast Award. Yippee! That is very, very exciting. We are actually incredibly honoured and excited to have that nominee. And you, the listener, yes, the very person that is listening to this right now can help us win a Sports Podcast Award and get us on the podium for once rather than always being off the podium. To do so, head to sportspodcastawards.com. Dot com, register to vote, click on the Best Olympic and Paralympic Podcast category where you can then vote for us to win. Now, you will have to listen to the other nominees as well, but let's be honest, you know you're going to vote for us because you're listening to our show today, which means we know you like us and we'd very much appreciate the vote in advance. Sportspodcastawards.com, that's how you do it, and we thank you in advance. And everybody who votes for us, we promise to thank you in our acceptance speech should we win. Right now, I'm going to shut up, play some music, and then you're going to hear me talk again as we get into today's episode of Off the Podium. Enjoy. They're standing and they're applauding that dramatic performance by James Torvald and Christopher Dean. Alex Philadelphia. It takes a lot to make him happy and he is clearly pleased. She's up, she's moving nicely. She's got it. Yes! Sally Stegel, 132.67 has won at least the medal. She's 0.24 up. You beauty! On the ice for the Gimlet. The Gimlet stopping! These gold of games have their crowning moments. It is off the podium, an Olympics podcast coming to you for day seven of Beijing 2022. A medal winning day for Australia. Finally, the drought is over. This six day streak, five day streak without medals. Oh, there was going to be inquiries. They were going to melt all the snow. They were going to cancel winter sports in Australia. Never again. But today, finally, we can celebrate another medal. Scotty James, silver. We called it on off the podium. We said he would in silver, and he has. We're right again. Everyone else is wrong. Cancel the Olympics. Off the podium, wins again. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about outside of just Scotty winning a silver and everything else. Uh, it's an Australian edition of the show today. Well, kind of that Canadian guy that is here, he's dead. I think he died. Who cares? Uh, but I'll introduce the real person on this show, the MVP, the GOAT of Off the Podium, Jared Lubick. Jared, welcome back. Thank you. It's it's good to be back on this um, podcast that has such a great track record of uh, predicting Australian results. Uh, I know. I'm not going to mention the curling. We've moved on. We've improved, upped our game, and now we're right on the money. <laughs> we, are, we are so good on this show. Uh, Colin not with us today. Colin having the day off, much deserved. Uh, he got out of quarantine today, so I think he gets to experience life. I don't know what that's like. I've still got like three days to go. But um, great day for Australia. Scotty James winning the silver. He becomes Australia's sixth dual Winter Olympian uh, medalist. Uh, joining an esteemed club of Stephen Bradbury, Alyssa Camplin, Dale Begsmith, Lydia Lassala, and of course, Tora Bright. I went blank on the other one there. What was going on there? But um, fantastic. Half pipe, um, silver medal, never in doubt. Jared, absolutely never in doubt. Silver medal, he was always the second best out there today. 
Yeah, it's true. Romped it in. Um, wasn't worried after that first run at all. Um, yeah, great, great finish to um, the greatest final of, of all time. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, a bit of stretch. But, hey, cool. Like, they've got to sell it somehow. But um, in all seriousness, it's, it's great that Scotty came out and, um, you know, the first run, yeah, a bit wobbly. The second run, fantastic. I thought he was very lucky to still be leading after that second run. You and I have talked a little bit about that today. Um, and the third run, he was on for something there, but ultimately didn't quite get it. But uh, took the silver medal, one better than he did back, of course, in Pyeongchang, and uh, another medal to add to the collection. He's just he's just such a, a humble guy, Scotty. Like, he just – nothing seems to phase him. Like, I, I, I swear you could go up to this – you could go up to Scotty and just go, Scott, yeah – your mum's got cancer. Chloe's been shot. Um, you've got a week to live. And he'd be like, oh, yeah, no, that's fine. You know, love to the family, love to Like, he just, nothing phases him. Uh, you know, again, won a silver medal and the guy is acting like he's won a gold again. So, I mean, he, he really is. Uh, he just, why, I, I realise we love him every four years during the Winter Olympics, but I feel he should be loved more outside of this because he really is, seems, just seems such, such like a great guy. I agree. He's just got such like an even temperament, like just, just smiling like the whole time, just seems like he's having like the best time of his life and not in like an annoying way that the Olympics don't matter. Like you can still tell that it really matters to him. And he was kind of, kind of bummed, I think in a way to walk away with the silver and not the gold, but um, yeah, just a great athlete. And, and by the sounds of things, just like a great human being. So good on him. We also mentioned just on the topic of Australians, Valentino Gaselli, sixth place, in his uh, Olympic debut as a 16-year-old. People are obviously making, I think, comparisons to Scotty James because Scotty was 15 when he started in Vancouver and Valentino is only 16. But uh, pretty pretty decent effort there from uh, Valentino. I mean, he was only uh, six points off Sean White who ended up finishing in fourth. So top half of an Olympic final at 16. I don't know what you're doing at uh, 16, Jared, but I, I tell you, me at 16, I wasn't making top six of an Olympic finals. No, neither. Um, very impressive. Air Valentino, which I still don't understand. Um, <laughs> doing well. And I think a little bit robbed on his on his third run to get the same score as, as his other run was a bit. And, but, um, yeah, great result and expecting big things from him uh, next time the Winter Olympics roll back around. Ayumu Hirano took the gold, two, previously won two silvers. I mean, he shattered in there. was like... Again, his second run was better than Scotty's. Um, we're being completely unbiased Australians here, and somehow he got, what, like half a point or something less than Scott James. I have no idea how. But when that third run went down, I'm thinking like, God, if they give him second again, I think I'm not even Japanese and I'm going to riot because that's bullshit. I mean, it was just hands down. About, I mean, like, I'm even looking at this score. He's only three and a half points higher than what Scotty James got. And I'm like, really? Like, I mean, that's probably at least about 50 points better than Scotty James. Again, no judge. I'm just a podcast host sitting in a hotel room right now. But, I mean, it just hands down looked so much better than anything else on the day. I mean, just absolutely incredible. Thoroughly deserved the gold. Yeah, the amplitude was insane. The fact that he's done this this triple, which nobody else has done in, in like, a competition before. I was like, as soon as he landed that, he should have automatically, like, been at the top. It was just really weird. Um, and I'm glad that he put down that final run because otherwise – I mean, I'm all here for like an Aussie gold, but it just, it wouldn't have been right. And then if anything, I feel like then that just gold would have been like tainted. There would have been all questions. There would have been like the top story everywhere. So I'm glad that the results worked out the way they should have in the end. And going on what we were talking about yesterday, 
with how maybe certain names maybe get like a head start based on who they are. We talked about the Chloe Kim factor. You would argue, well, that would be the Sean White factor. But in all fairness, it didn't really seem to play in his favour today. Sean White, fourth, which if I'm not mistaken is where he also finished in Sochi, the only other final that he didn't win a gold medal in. I believe he also finished fourth in that one. So, um, I mean, he, he put it out there. He definitely did. It's not like he didn't try. But... Um, kind of a humbling way for him to go out fourth place and obviously everybody gave him a standing ovation at the end and lots of cheers from him gave some good interviews there good little moment with him and scotty james on channel seven i mean what, what's your your thoughts on uh the the end of sean white's career yeah it's the end of the era not the um not the goat way to go out this is why people like uh, people should never do not announce you're going to retire before the event wait till after and then like there's no expectations and then it's not as bad. And then I feel like you can kind of make your mind up a little bit more, whether your result was worthy to go out on. Um, I suppose it's a little bit different with the Olympics having to wait four years rather than other sports where people announce their retirement. And then it's the Dylan Olcott factor of announcing mm. his retirement before the Australian open winning it so many times and then losing in the final, like, um, I don't know. Fourth, I think, is not, it's not a bad way to go out, though. We've seen worse retirements for, from great athletes, so to only just miss out on the podium is still very impressive. I, I'm just hoping, uh, I, I don't know if Irene Voss has got any more races, you know, but at her last Olympics, I want the attention that we're getting for Sean White and her. I mean, she's won, like, double the amount of medals that Sean has. Um, admittedly, she has more events that she can compete in, but, I mean, Sean White could compete in the big air, the slope style, you know, parallel giant apartments. It's a snowboard. You know, just put it on your feet. I'm sure you can do it, Sean. Um, I was disappointed in Taylor Gold, only getting fifth. Didn't live up to his name, to be honest, Taylor. D disappointing. Should mention uh, bronze for Jan Scherer of uh, Switzerland. I think he's the one who's been completely forgotten about here and the fact that he got a freaking medal. Um, people in New time are going to talk about this final and going to talk about first, second, and fourth. Who got the bronze in that one? Oh, I don't know, some Swiss rider. Um, but uh, good job for him there as well. There were no Canadians in that uh, event, so uh, just while we're not really uh, talking too much about it there as well. But um, I think like going into these Olympics, obviously coming off Pyeongchang with Matty Graham, Jared Hughes and, and Scotty James and the chances of double meddling, um, you know, sadly for Matt didn't work out. Jared didn't work out. It's not going to work out for him tomorrow. We'll talk about it as well because he has been selected. Um, but, you know, at least sort of Scotty James, because I, I think we've got a, um, a bit of a habit uh, Australia of once one person gets a medal of then double meddling at the next Olympics. It's, it's a common thing for winters at least. Um, you know, Alyssa Camplin did it. Uh, Dale Beck Smith did it. Uh, Lydia and Tora did it. So kind of that consecutive factor is something that uh, often plays into to favor there, but not pretty bad, not, not a bad track record that um, I think what off the top of my head, we've had 15, 14, 15 Australians have won uh, winter Olympic medals and, uh, you know, a third of them have won at least two. So uh, who's, I mean, we're at that magical phase now where Australia have won three medals. This is now four Olympics in a row. We've won three. And, and I've called it. We are breaking that drought. We're going to get four. All right. There's plenty of opportunities for us to get at least four. But I'm now going to put this out there. Who's going to be our first three-time winter? I, I'm just, Scotty's got a good chance. I mean, he's, he said he's coming back for Milan. He's got the bronze. He's got the silver. He's going for the gold now. So, um, I mean, realistically, he's he's our only one who's up at the moment who can be a three-time medalist come the next Olympics, unless 
Bree gets a monobob and a, a two-woman medal coming up in these. Because is Tess still there? Is Tess still in the um in the big air? I, I don't know if Tess is still over there or is she back home. I, I, I thought she was initially listed as being in the big air, but I don't know if she's still going to do it. But um, it's got to be Scott, right? I mean, you know, he's the only one going out there unless Dale Weg smith comes out of retirement, Lydia comes out of retirement, Tora comes out of retirement. I mean, he's our best chance right now. Yeah, I feel like the only way that anybody else um, gets there before him is if they add in more events. Um, if we somehow get like a second mogul event, then maybe Jakar is a chance. Um, Dual moguls. Mm, but um, mogul relay, mixed mogul relays. Um, <laughs> mogul down. <laughs> snow, mogul snow, snowboard style. moguls. Um, <laughs> Mono mogul. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think Scotty, um, it's four years out. I'm already calling it now. It's not going to be gold. Um, <laughs> but I'm very I confident on this show. <laughs> he's in with a good chance. Well, in, all, in all seriousness, um, Laura Peel could be a one, for example. So if we qualify a male in the mixed teams for, for Milan, say she wins, or, or Danielle, of course, one of them wins a medal on, um, or, or Soph, I shouldn't we? Poor old Soph Ash gets discounted here. She's in the aerials too, Ben. We could sweep the podium for all we know. Um, that yeah, we're we're looking far ahead here, but realistically, in this sort of drought of Australia, the two medal club, uh, Scotty James, realistically is uh, the one in the best seat to do that right now. When it comes to that, um, I guess the other big thing before we talk about other medal events, we've got to talk about this because this is almost made as much news as as has the Scotty James is. Oh, Jackie Narricot, um. Currently leading the skeleton, halfway point. This is um this is turn up for the books. I mean, yes, you won a World Cup a couple of months ago, but uh, holy shitballs, Jared Lubeek, what's going on here? Yeah, this has caught me completely by surprise. Like, obviously, we knew she was an outside chance, but I think realistically, everybody was like, oh, she won like the last lead up event. Um, I mean, I didn't know who exactly was in that event. Is everybody going to the very last lead up event? Um, it did just make news that like she won that our first ever obviously World Cup win in the sliding sport. Um, but yeah, this is um, it's an interesting one. If she wins, I mean, it's probably going to be my favorite Winter Olympic medal of all time. Uh, I mean, maybe not eclipsing Bradbury, but up there. Um, but definitely moment of this game. So um, yeah, fingers crossed. I wish it was just a, why isn't it a two run event? Who who thought up four <laughs> runs? Stupid. <laughs> You know what it, it reminds me of? It literally reminds me of Cool Runnings because no matter how many times I watch that movie, after the second run, when they're going to sleep and they're like, you've got a chance of winning an Olympic medal in the morning. And, you know, John Kenny's that great speech to, to him in the bath. He's talking all up, sort of stuff like that. Like, like it just reminds me of that moment in Cool Runnings when you know the outcome, but you're like, oh, they're going to win a medal. They're going to do it. They're going to win it for Jamaica. And then they ultimately don't. So, like, I've just got that feeling. And, like, it is one of those weird things where it's kind of like, oh, this would be so fantastic. I'm with you. What a medal this would be. But it's like... Why do I just have this weird feeling that it's just it's just very Australian way of going into this and just it's not going to happen, right? Yeah, I think particularly like in this event where it's a matter of hundreds of a second and it's just like one simple mistake and then all of a sudden you're you're off the podium. It's just it's a lot of pressure and going in, oh, going in like as like the fastest after two heats. Like you just know that it's playing over in her mind. Like the whole of tonight, the whole of tomorrow, leading up to the event. Um, 
and like the Germans are coming as well. That's the thing. Oh, like God. after the, the second Germans run, they're coming. coming. Um, oh, God. So, That's a sentence that hasn't been said in about 80 years. <laughs> it's a lot of pressure, but I, 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 I'm hopeful, but I'm the same as you. I, I, um, I'm not chalking this one up as like a locked in win. You must not slide down the course that fast. The Germans are coming. Quick, Jackie, slide, slide. It would be so much better though if this was like the modern pentathlon and they left with with their <laughs> with their leads and there's hundreds of. Imagine how quickly they're going after each other. Slide, Jackie. They're coming. Pass around the corner. <laughs> And, and you know that the case is um, that they're going to ban the use of sleds come uh, 2026 for animal cruelty, mm. basically. Um, but it was it, what's so fascinating about watching this is because I, I, I'm, I'm sure you saw both the runs, but like the first run from Jackie, like she looked like she'd fucked it up. She looked like she'd pulled a nick. Um, and all of a sudden she just, she went green out of nowhere. And like, this isn't like a, I don't know. I watch Formula One, so you can kind of tell when a driver can make up some time in a corner here or there. And there are other sports where you can see if they're behind, they can make up. But we saw it in the in the snowboard cross, like sneaky little move inside and out, boom, you, you straight back into the into the game. But like this, it's hard watching loose skeleton or bobsled to go. Well, how did they make up time in that corner? Because even if you're looking them taking a line, going, I'm not going to hit the wall. It's so fast that it's blinking, you miss it. So somehow she went from being down in the red to being up and then she ultimately was like 0.02 seconds behind on the first run it's like wow okay and behind the canadian of course uh reneva and then reneva fucked up on her second run she's now like eight tenths down jackie's two tenths up over hannah nice nice the german um so it's just it's just crazy to watch it really really is it's such a, a fascinating sport all sliding sports are i mean i was riveted to the luge relay i love that event so much um, so yeah, and this is where I get confused too when they keep saying that she won Australia's first ever sliding World Cup medal. Brie won some monobob World Cup, so why is that not counted in the sliding medals? A bobsled slides too, right? Yeah, it doesn't make sense to me, but um, obviously somehow it's different. <laughs> mm, well, I mean, skeleton and bobsled are under the same federation. Luge is one that's separate, so uh, I don't know. But, I mean, we're on for a good thing here in the sliding sports. Obviously, you know, Alex had a good one. Nick showed up. Um, <laughs> he's still got two more runs to go tonight. Nick, Nick. was memorable. <laughs> well, I mean, true, you remember Nick. Um, and in the monobob, uh, the, the training, they had two more training runs today. Brie was fastest in the, the third. So she was fastest in three of the four. She was, I think fifth in the, uh, the final run there. So, um, yeah, the Aussies like this sliding track. Nick a little bit too much. He likes the walls too much, but, um, you know, good, good for, I feel we're not bagging you out, Nick. You're, you're a valued member of the off the post. We're to blame for why you hit that wall. We, we, we realize that basically with that, um, for Canada's perspective, uh, no medals for them uh, today so far. Um, there is uh, the um, the short track women's 1000 is on uh, tonight, uh, which uh, it's Canada. They're, they're good at that. Um, and I don't think they're in with a chance of a skeleton medal uh, in the men's going on, but um they uh they're there but they've got their women's hockey team playing tonight that which i mean we know they're going to win so they'll go through to the middle rounds uh on that one just uh on um last we were i guess say so, um side not were if i can uh, canada did win a silver medal last night 
Uh, basically, while we were off air, Isabel Wiedemann uh, got her second medal of the game. She got silver in the women's 5,000 metres. Irene Schouten, uh, Shouten, uh, I think it was, because uh, I believe uh, Scott McGrory last night was saying everybody's shouting for Shouten or whatever his uh, lovely little line was. She took the gold in the 5,000 metres and uh, bronze went to Martina Sablakova of the Czech Republic. And uh, hmm, a bit of a surprising result in the luge. Germany uh, won the team. <sighs> Didn't pick that one. Um, uh, gold for Germany, silver to Austria, bronze to Latvia. But, I mean, look, can we talk about Natalie Geisenberger now? What's that, six, five gold medals um, she's got for herself now? Same with Tobias Wendel and Tobias Art and Johannes Ludwig. He's, I mean, God, this is this is the thing, right? This is where we need to be celebrating these athletes as much as we're celebrating Sean White, Eileen Gu, Chloe Kim. You know, the, these are household names in Germany. Uh, and no disrespect to our beloved Americans. We love you. We really, really do. But, I mean, it's not always about America. <laughs> like, the German, these Germans are here. They, they literally are. Look at them. Like, swept the luge. I mean, that's absolutely ridiculous that they did that. Um, and we were on air when we sort of announced that, obviously, the U.S. won the mixed team aerials ahead of China, Canada. Um, I've seen a bit of negati- negativity around the mixed teams aerials. A lot of people, a lot of people are a fan of it, I think. Um yeah, any extra thought on the mixed team aerials, uh, Jared? I don't know if I'm really sold on the mixed team aerials. No, I just think it could be thought out better. I feel it's, like the structure of it's weird. The, the six teams is not enough. Um, yeah, just it's it's an odd one. It's it's. I mean, I'm all for these mixed teams. You and I are the advocate of the mixed team events on this show. We know Collins one is against it, but like it just, it does sometimes seem that they're just like an afterthought. Like let's just include them in the Olympics, and then then kind of things happen how they happen. I mean, we're kind of seeing that with the snowboard cross tomorrow, in the fact that um, Australia somehow got a second team in it now, and then it's like it's just straight to quarterfinals. It's kind of like well. There's barely even like a you know if there's only like eight teams in something like what's the point like it's it's great that you kind of got these opportunities but they should be spreading it out a little bit more I don't know it just seems a bit strange I mean what the ski jumping we only had ten teams the aerials we had six teams um, I mean working off the top of my head what does that give us in the in the snowboard cross like sixteen teams basically two of them are Australian I mean how many other countries have multiple teams so um, yeah like I'm all for it but. Maybe it needs to be thought of a little bit more. I I don't know. Yeah, I feel like it's a, it's a lot of these sports, like we brought up in the sports episode. It's the, the structure of, like, how it works is just weird. It was the same with, like, the softball in the Olympics, just, like, there wasn't enough teams in it. It was weird. Um, it's just odd that you can have, like, all these teams in, like, the curling, but then mm. in other events you have, you have six. Um and then what was the point in the mixed aerials of them then going down to four teams? Like, just why? Yeah. Just keep yeah. everybody in for the whole thing if you're going to have six to start off with. It's just odd. And, and like, I get there's there's quotas, like athlete caps. Like, you know, I think in the Summer Olympics, you're only allowed to have 10,500 10, athletes. And I'm sure there's a similar cap in the winters. And so I get it then. Like, you've got an interesting new event. Like, you may increase the teams in one. You're going to have to decrease. Like, I get it. There's sort of the IOC are juggling lots of things there. But when it comes to a mixed team event you've already got your athletes there that are, are qualified and, and like you can kind of make do with what you've already got there. And yeah, okay, Australia, well, if you don't have a male athlete, then yeah, we can't enter it in. But um, I don't know, like, can it be like mixed team optional? You know what I mean? Like, 
I mean, in this day and age where gender is becoming less and less of a thing, can we not just enter, you know, so Flora and Danielle and just be like, well, hey, like we'll go up against the guy. Like, what does it matter? A mixed team event just because you got one team with all women, one team with all men, one team with two men, one woman. Like, you know, that's still mixed, isn't it? Um, so, and it's it's. I don't feel this is one of those ones where you're in an advantage or a disadvantage if you've got, you know, because like this, this is the thing with the mixed team aerials. You could have two men and one woman or one man and two women. Like it wasn't set. Like this is the thing. So what does it matter if you've got three women, three men, two women, one man, one man, you know what I mean? Like it, yeah, it seems like it could be a bit of leeway with that. Yeah. It's, it's just very, very, such a very strange setup. It feels like they just added it for the sake of having another event in the aerials. And like, did we, did we really need it? I'm all for like the mixed team events. I think some of them are really exciting, probably more so I would say at the summer Olympics because you have like the changeovers and men racing against women, which Colin hates, but then it's exciting because you don't know who's in the lead right till the end. Um, but this one, yeah, it's just, it's, it's a bit weird on like the point scoring ones where they're not like racing against each other and it's just, okay, next athlete, next athlete. And, and, combine the scores scores together i'm with you it could just be like a team's event i don't know why it needed to be mixed the 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 luge is like the best example Mm. of what you can do perfectly that is just brilliant seriously like that is just such a great event um i should also mention just also last night as well the big one that i'm the only one apparently who cares about it and even canada doesn't they should be the ones caring about it uh 5-1 over germany sweet revenge of pyeongchang in the men's ice hockey good job for them and uh usa eight nothing over china so not a big spanking as some thought but still a pretty decent win there um the medal events uh decided today so far um that we've had uh sad news in the alpine skiing Esther only got fifth, which actually is still a pretty bloody good result. <laughs> um, even she's come out and tweeted saying, like, not bad for a snowboarder. So, uh, sadly, not the double-double for Esther, but she still got a fifth, and she went second. So, uh, and she was still only, I think, like, three-tenths off getting a medal. So, very good result for Esther, and she seems to be actually pretty happy with that. Uh, and she's actually even come out afterwards because uh, she expected to do the downhill, but she's actually basically said in interviews afterwards, she's like, yeah, I might do the combined now as well. So, um, just just queen being queen she's like yeah, i'll do this i'll do that yeah might might do the skeleton myself actually i think i can just halfway join in you know just uh pop it on there why not uh but in the women's super g uh lara gutberami of switzerland took the gold ahead of miriam puchner of austria and michelle geisen for switzerland and great news for michaela Schitfren. she finished well done well done michaela good job i think she got ninth so, um, <laughs> national holiday in the US tomorrow. Um, she, she's, she's nearly lost the shit from title. Good job for Michaela. Well done. You finished a race. Uh, you got, you paid to do what you meant to do. Um, in the women's seven and a half kilometer biathlon, I know you were glued to this one, uh, Jared, uh, Mate Osibo Rosaland of Norway took the gold over Elvira Oberg of Sweden and Doritha Vera of Italy took the bronze in that one. Were you surprised at that result at all, uh, Jared? Uh, no, not really. Um, but I did actually watch that. And I, oh, can really? I say, yeah, I did. Okay. <laughs> uh, Bathlon is amazing. I love the little penalty lap. Um, <laughs> not as good as modern pentathlon where they stagger the start. Uh, I think that makes a more exciting finish. Um, but this, I mean, it's a great sport. I love to like the whole, like the one shot lying down and then the second shot standing. Um, 
great sport. Need to see more of it. Need to get some Aussies in there. It's we haven't had an Aussie in it. Uh, 2014, I think, was the last time we had a biathlete. But um, it, it, it isn't actually again similar. To what I say with cro- so many of these sports are just actually brilliant. Um, and it's such a shame that they get no representation in Australia ultimately because we're, you know, never going to really do well. As we've discovered recently, we did get an eighth place in biathlon back in Lillehammer. So, you know, a bit of attention there. But, um, yeah, any sport with a penalty lap is fantastic. You know, like a same bolt, bad. You do a penalty lap in 100 metres, he'd still win, let's be honest. Um, in the cro- I was watching a lot of the cross-country skiing today. I was hooked to this. I was showing this uh, quite heavily on 7 this afternoon. Uh, it was gold for Ivo Niskanen of Finland. Uh, he beat Alexander Bolshinov of Rock and Johannes Hosef Klebo of Norway in the bronze medal position. Um, and I, I got to say, entertaining. that The OBC commentators I had, maybe I finally once can commentate on some commentators today because they're not Channel 7 employees. So I um, might be able to comment on some of the things that were going down on that. Um, and in the speed skating, Nils Vanderpol took the 5,000, 10,000 double for Sweden. And not only did he do it, he did it in a world record and Olympic record, if you don't mind. Dominant performance there by Mr. Vanderpol. Um Silver to Patrick Royst of Netherlands and a bronze to David Giotto of Italy uh, in the 10,000 metres speed skating. So the other medals to be decided tonight, which will probably be decided once we have uh, finished recording here, the women's 1,000 metres in the short track and the men's skeleton, which, uh, of course, is happening quite late when it uh, comes to that as well. Um... I am going to try and pull up some different results here. Just, I'm going to throw to you, Jared, and just ask, what did you watch today? Just while I uh, pull up some things here for us to uh, go over some results. Uh, I caught a fair bit of everything. Um, I finally ventured onto the uh, 7 app rather than just the uh, TV coverage because I did not want to watch the snowboard final 20 times. Um, so I caught uh, a little bit of the alpine skiing. I watched the biathlon in its entirety. Um, caught the skeleton, like we mentioned, didn't see the cross-country skiing, um, watched a little bit of the curling. I managed to see some ice hockey for the first time, was hoping oh, yeah. the Czech Republic were going to get that win over the United States. I tried to avoid it. I'm glad that you got some ice hockey, though. Jared, uh, are you getting sold on the sport more now at all? Yeah, I think I was already a fan. It's just that it wasn't on the regular car- coverage and I just hadn't bothered with the app. Um, but now I'm definitely going to be jumping on. It's great. Um, good. Yeah. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad you're, you're, you're getting there. Um, so, um, I watched, uh, I mean, I believe snowboarding was on the half pipe. I think I might've caught a bit of that. Not too sure. Um, cross country. Uh, I was watching the skeleton. Uh, obviously I watched, uh, the super G today as well. Um, saw a bit of the ice hockey as well. Uh, mainly watching that last night. Um, but, uh, yeah, sort of a mixed bag of all that sort of stuff. Still haven't watched any of the curling, the, the team jet though. I, I really need to get onto that. I, I do like the team's curling, so, um, need to, uh, be able to watch some of that. Um, some Aussie and Canadian results out of sight of what we have already talked about. So in the super G, uh, Canada's Marie Michelle Gagnon finished, uh, 14th place. Ronnie Remy, 24th. Uh, for Canada and uh, Australia's and off the podiums, Greta Small, 31st. Uh, she equaled her best ever result uh, in that uh, specific event. And did you see Alice Robinson from New Zealand uh, face plant uh, pretty heavily at all? <laughs> um, 
Got to got to pay attention to our Kiwi friends there. That uh, Zoe's gold medal feels like a long time ago now, doesn't it? When you got your <laughs> face planted Kiwis out there on the course, um, you you tried, Alice. Well done. Um, in the biathlon uh, for Canada, Emma Lunda was thirty second in that one. Uh, Megan Banks was seventy seventh. Sarah Boydry was eightieth, and Emily Dixon was eighty. First, and uh, happy to announce that Anna Glenko of Moldova was 86. I'm sure she was very happy with, uh, I believe that's a Moldovan record, uh, national record. So a big, big result there for Moldovan uh, biathlon. Um, In the cross country, we'll see some Canadians and Australians to pay attention to. Antoine Sia, 37th for Canada. Um, in that, he'd be happy with that, uh, as would Sevi DeCampo, 72nd, uh, for Australia, Phil Bellingham, 75th, just ahead of Lars Young Vic, 76, uh, so traditional rivals in themselves there, and, uh, oh, only, oh no, I missed another Canadian there, sorry, Remy Drollet was 33rd, I missed a few Canadians here, well, I gelled all over them, Olivier Lavelle was 29th. Um, sorry, Canada. I was expecting you to finish lower. That's why I apparently uh, went straight over it there. There you go. Um, in the skeleton, as I said before, Morella Rahevna Raneva, excuse me, of uh, Canada was ninth. Uh, Jane Chanel was 17th. Tell you one thing, a uh, bit of a surprise there. The Brits not doing well. They've uh, This is an event I believe they've never not meddled in. The Brits and uh, last couple of golds as well. Um, there is 21st for Laura Diaz, Brogan Crowley 22nd, uh, and they're well o- well off the pace. So I wonder how the Brits are going to be feeling if an Australian steals a medal from uh, one of their events. They're you know almost a lock to win a medal in at the Olympics. So um, I'll take it. Um, the just this is not obviously an Australian Canadian perspective, but uh, the men's large hill uh, ski jumping qualifying is uh, happening a little bit later, but they do a trial round for qualifying, if that makes sense. Um, But I will say that in that, off the podium's Casey Larson, 11th after that one. So uh, getting closer and closer. Could he move up the ranks there and break this 100-year drought of US ski jumping? We've already done it for the Canadians. Uh, But Matthew Sukup, of course, a bronze medalist now uh, for Canada, ninth after that one, and Mackenzie Boyd-Klaus, bronze medalist, uh, 23rd as well in that trial round. So I believe that's uh, starting right about now uh, for that. And in the 10,000 metres in the speed skating, Graham Fish, 6 for Canada, and Ted Jan Bloman, I think it's about his fifth or sixth Olympics for Ted, uh, he was 8th there as well. And New Zealand's Peter Michael, 12th and last. So um, I just, just don't know. Oh, bro, I'm going to go speed skating. <laughs> like, I just... I just don't – this is coming from an Australian who has a skeleton athlete uh, potentially about to win. I shouldn't judge countries like that when it comes to um, doing that there. So uh, there you go. Um, fails, Jared. Uh, any commentary fails or coverage fails today? Uh, nothing too major. We had uh, Lydia's first slip up where she called uh, Scotty James a dual silver medalist. I noticed that, um, yes. But I'm at close, not not bad. Um, then we had the great moment in the snowboard uh, half pipe when one of the commentators needed some magnesium for the cramps after an impressive run. Um, <laughs> that commentary of that whole event, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with, with the half pipe. <laughs> 
I, I don't know what you're talking about, Jared. I think it's brilliant. Nothing, nothing bad at all to say uh, at all. Um, just absolutely um, perfect. I, yeah, I, I did laugh at Lydia's little uh, jewel silver medal. Um, the one that I, I, I feel I can comment, because, again, this is a OBS uh, commentary, uh, not a Channel 7 commentary. So our, our cross-country skiers, skiing commentary, uh, quite entertaining. They were very enthralled by uh, the music that was being played at the venue. Uh, the DJs were having a bit of fun playing like ABBA every single time Sweden came out. Uh, they were playing some Eurovision tracks, I believe, because they kept commenting on, oh, I believe that's a Eurovision track from Iceland or something like that. Then the Finnish skiers would come on and be like, well, I can't really comment on Finnish music, but I'm sure that's a big hit in Helsinki. Um, but one of my favorite lines is one of the commentators uh, was talking about one of the skiers and it's like, oh, yes, he's 34 years old, somewhat of a veteran in cross-country skiing, thinking, hmm, Probably somewhat of a veteran in most sports, um, but particularly cross-country skiing, apparently. It's a young man's game, is cross-country mm. skiing. Um, but uh, still quite entertaining. Uh, so I do like these OBS commentators. Like, uh, you know, we've obviously had lucky uh, that a couple of former off-the-podium guests, Sammy Joe Small, Mike Harris, are doing some commentary. And there's been some Australians. Like, there was an Australian woman commentating uh, the cross-country the other day, which is interesting. Um, and I think there was an Australian doing ski jumping, which I mean, like of all the sports, the ski jumping is like the least likely we should have a bloody Australian. Like, no Australian's ever been to the Olympics in ski jumping. Jared, you and I could get a gig by Milan this point. Let's let's keep trying. It's true. Canada can win a bronze in the team event. <laughs> Look out. Yeah, bloody hell. The opportunities are out there. Exactly. Um, breaking news in the ski jumping. Um, the qualifying round is done for the large hill. Uh, well, at least when I say done, uh, some people have qualified, obviously. And I can tell you that off the podiums, Casey Larson is through to the finals. <laughs> Currently sitting in six, if you don't mind. Mind you, the uh, the Poles, the Austrians and the Norwegians and the Japanese haven't jumped yet. But still, he's through to the next round. So yippee. Uh, good on you, Casey. Good job there. Uh, actually, he's just dropped down to seventh. So <laughs> he's going to go down the order, but he's through to the finals. That's the main thing. And Canadian bronze medalist Matthew Sukup, he's also through to the uh, finals here. He's got a Q next to his name. So good job there. I should mention, too, in the results before, um, in the curling, Canada lost today in the women's to Japan, 8-5. So um, national inquiry about to go on there. And uh, in the ice hockey, uh, the women play in their quarterfinal uh, a little bit later this evening uh, where they will win against Sweden. Uh, so um, is that the famous jinx? That's not really a jinx. It's Canada and women's ice hockey. You know, that's a sure thing as Jared liking chicken. Um, is, that, is that a fair assessment? It's true, yeah. <laughs> very, very fair assessment. Um, what else do we have here today? Um, daily celebration. Uh, now, Colin's not with us. Um, he's dead, obviously, but um, he did... Send it in because I did post it online today. Uh, now, for Canada, it is Cindy Clarson Day. Now, I don't know, had you heard of Cindy before, Jared, or is this one of these athletes that you just look at and go, who the fuck is that? Mm-hmm. No idea. No idea. Uh, I actually had heard of Cindy before because I think it came down to the fact that she was Canada's most decorated uh, Olympian until Penny knocked her off that mantle in Tokyo. So she's a speed skater. Uh, long track speed skater, won a bronze medal in 3,000 metres in Salt Lake City. And then in Turin, she went on to win five individuals, uh, which was the most amount of medals won by any Canadian athlete at a single Olympics. 
and tied for the most ever speed skating medals ever in a single Olympic. So six medals in total, Cindy won across two Olympics. And as I said, uh, held a record for most decorated Canadian Olympian until uh, Penny overtook that little feat uh, in Tokyo, of course. And I believe Andre de Grasse tied that with six as well. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me, a, a very... Uh, worthy recipient there is uh, Cindy. Congratulations, Cindy. But uh, one that you are very familiar with from the Australian perspective, it's Relay Team Day, uh, celebrating our inaugural Winter Olympic medal winning team, our very first ever Winter Olympic medalist back in Lillehammer, the men's 5,000 metre short track relay team. Featuring, of course, the great Stephen Bradbury, Kieran Hansen, off the podium guests, of course, Andrew Murtha and Richard Nazelski, who uh, now is a coach of Brendan Corey, of course, who is uh, pretty much competing right now as we speak, I think, if we're watching it on TV. So, um, Jared, I know you're a little bit younger than me. I, do you remember? Were you How old were you in 1994, first of all? Were you even born? Am I, am I calculating your age wrong here? I was born. Uh, I was two, so I don't think I was right. watching at the time. Don't quite remember it then. No. Um, yeah. I, I actually legitimately remember it. I, I was seven, and I remember um, it. I think I was at my grandma's house with my dad when it was on, and I remember watching it, just going like, "Wow, that's cool." And then my dad's like, "Well, we just that's our first ever medal we won." So I think because I think Channel Nine had the the Winter Olympics in like ninety four. Because I remember like, um, God, what's his name? I can't remember the um, Ken Sutcliffe. And, um, God, the guy, is it Steve Liebman? He used to host the Today Show. I remember just random Channel 9 personalities hosting that. So, um, but a, a big moment. And, like, they were talking about in the Summer Chill tonight about how a lot of people forget with Stephen Bradbury that he was part of history and that he was part of that iconic moment winning that bronze medal, which, I mean, it's take it for granted now. Ah, oh, silver medal today for Scotty James. We've won three now. So, you know, moving on. But, like, you know, this was nearly 30 years ago that um, a simple bronze medal broke a, a big drought for Australia. So uh, it was a big deal. So celebrating that little iconic moment back in Little Harbour in 1994. And a fact now that we can say ever since 1994, we've got at least one medal in every single Winter Olympic since. So a uh, nice little streak that we've had going now for nearly 30 years. Daily Dale time, though. Uh, actually, as I speak, this is uh, Mr. Brendan Corey's on TV right now. Uh, are, you, are you seeing this in the 500 metres? I am which uh, this is not his favourite event, apparently. He's only in two, so he didn't do too well in the uh, the 1,000, but he's up against a Canadian here, so uh, maybe we'll be distracted. I'm not, I'm not a fan of the Aussie short track suit. I don't know about you, but I don't like this kind of dark blue mix of the green and gold. I think you just go, you go full blue or you go full green and gold. What do you think? Yeah, I feel like it, I want a suit that stands out and you know straight away it's Australian, although that's a bit difficult when the Swiss are copying us. Um <laughs> But yeah, it's just it's an odd combo of colours. Oh, the Canadian just face planted into the wall. So uh, Brendan's uh, looking to pull a Bradbury here because he's dead last and he's uh, nowhere near the first two. But uh, he's only got uh, with a Canadian who's we're not getting beaten by someone from Kazakhstan in this, are we? Like, I mean, uh, no disrespect to uh, our Kazakhstanian listeners, but uh, I don't know their pedigree is short track, but. Uh, yeah, Brennan's absolutely shattered it in here. He's dead last and he's not going through unless uh, he's going to be the third lucky loser. But uh, no, not good for Brennan there. That that was a blink and you miss it moment. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Mm. Uh, that sums up that. Uh, Daily Dale, well, we know we're not going to put up Brennan Corey for that one. Uh, 
<laughs> Sorry, Brendan. <laughs> you are today's Nick Timmings medal. <laughs> I feel so bad. I don't want to keep bagging out Nick. I really don't. Like Nick's a legend. Thing. Look at the coverage he's getting. <laughs> Like it's He's all got done an in awesome good fun. helmet. <laughs> the best bit I think about last night is this Jared's description of Nick going meow into the wall. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was it's like. like. It was looking fine, and then just all of a sudden, it's like somebody was like remote controlling his sled. <laughs> it was like I, a magnet. I think it was tampered with. That's what I'm saying. Meow. <laughs> Look at this Canadian fall into the wall. He Nick Timmings it into the wall. Meow. <laughs> just smack bang into the. Wall. Oh my god, it's so funny. Um, Daily Dale, look, I I struggled for this today, but I've got I've got I've got uh, four potential ones, but I want you to go first. Uh, I also have options because today, yeah, there wasn't that many impressive stories, if I'm being honest. Um, so I had Nils in the uh, men's ten thousand meters, just mm-hmm. doing doing the double. I thought worthy of a mention. Yep. Um, I also had our good friend, um, Yan from the, uh, snowboard half pipe, just because he's going to be the most forgotten Olympic medalist from these games. <laughs> um, and then I almost had, I was so ready to put up the, the Czech Republic goalkeeper in the women's hockey. Cause at the time I was watching, it was one all and she'd saved like, it was like 53 out of, out of 54 shots. I'm like, what is this? How are they not losing by more? Then the the United States scored three more, so I don't think she's worthy anymore. So she's off the list. Um, so yeah, just those two are the only two that I ended up with. Okay, well, uh, I also put Niels down as potential. Uh, my only uh, down from is obviously we've had a speed skater, but again, I, I feel like we we're, we're getting too strict on this criteria. I mean, for God's sakes, if you know, I mean, he set a world record, an Olympic record. I mean, God, we should be celebrating that. Like, oh no, we've already had a speed skater. Like, he comes out and beats world record by twenty minutes. Uh, oh no. <laughs> already had a speed skater what are we talking about um i also um potentially putting up old uh evo niskanen the 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 finn cross-country winner uh it's his um second goal a second medal of these olympics he won a bronze in the skiathlon it's his third overall gold um he won the 50k classical in pyeongchang and the team sprint member of that back in sochi but i mean what is so fascinating about the cross-country again it's it's you watch these athletes cross the line that they, they collapse. They're just like, we talked about triathlon last year in Tokyo where you got him vomiting online. This was a similar thing. He's online. He's, he's basically, you see him celebrating. He's got like a big, massive half chunk of vomit frozen uh, off his bit. Like, this isn't just like, you know, a bit of carrot on the, he's just fucking frozen. It's like minus 20 degrees out there in Beijing. And he's there like typical Finnish style, just celebrating all that sort of stuff. So like, he's definitely one up there for it. Um, also in the same event, um, Thomas Maloney Westgard of Ireland. Now, finished 14th, but the thing that I loved about watching this, for a good 10 minutes, I want to say it was, Ireland was winning the cross country. Now, like, I, I don't know about Ireland's pedigree in the cross country skiing and the history of the Olympics. I know they've never won a Winter Olympic medal. They should have won one in Skeleton back in Salt Lake. They were, they were leading the whole way and then they choked on the last run. Hopefully that's not an omen for dear old Jackie tomorrow. But like, this was amazing. And like, he got, he still got 14th. He beat a Norwegian. He beat Eric Valnus, the, the great Norwegian Eric Valnus. I mean, you look at anyone who came before him. You got Finland, Russia, Norway, Norway, Russia, Finland, France, Sweden, Russia, Sweden, Norway, France, Russia, Ireland. 
Um, like, I mean, he beat Jonas, Jonas Bauman, the guy who I'm talking about yesterday, who could have won four in a row. I couldn't even get the bloody, uh, the, the, the correct event. Um, that's not even the right guy. It was Dario Klogner. I still don't even know who the right guy is. <laughs> this is like the freaking long jump javelin all over again. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pumping my own tires here with Thomas. I think he's a good call. Um, and of course, Esther, uh, I know she didn't medal, but she got fifth. Um, not bad for a snowboarder. Uh, you know, it's still pretty decent. She didn't get like 20th or something like that. But, um, yeah. Uh, the only one you and I both came up with was the, the Swedish skater, but I don't know if we both want to put him up. So I don't know. What are you thinking? Hmm. I mean, I can be swayed by by Thomas's story. It's great, isn't it? Like, mm. I mean, I I really want to put up Levo for, for winning the gold, but I mean, freaking Thomas Maloney Westgard. You know, this could be the island standout from the freaking Winter Olympics, fourteenth in cross country skiing. I mean, well, you, if Colin was here. We do, it doesn't always have to be a gold medalist, you know. Um, and also, it doesn't always have to be the same country and it doesn't always have to be the same sport. Um, I mean, I'm keen to just to, to give it to Thomas, show the Irish yeah. some love. Look, and look, let's put it in perspective. Uh, he finished two minutes and six seconds behind gold medal. Do you think, okay, that's a long way away. Sevi De Campo, Australia's best finisher, was six minutes. So uh, he beat Australia by four fucking minutes. I think I could fly from Melbourne to Dublin in that time. So, um, yeah, to be sure, to be sure, Thomas Maloney, uh, <laughs> you get out. <laughs> I'm doing German accents today. I'm doing Irish accents today. <laughs> I'm so glad we're not putting up like a Chinese athlete of the day. I would be fired promptly. Um, but uh, is he our first Irish ac- uh, uh, accent, our first Irish athlete? I don't think we had any Irish athletes during Tokyo, did we? I don't think so. There we go. Congratulations, Thomas. What a, what a performance. I mean, it's just the fact here that you, you can literally show this, that you got a Daily Dale, but your name forever is ahead of a Norwegian, Eric Val. I mean, let's, let's, let's look up Eric here. Let's find out here. Eric is an Olympic, uh, sorry, a world championship gold medal winner. He has won two world championship gold medals, um, and he got beaten by an Irishman in the, uh, <laughs> in the Olympics. <laughs> like, I mean, come on. That, that's up there with Canadian women winning uh, ski jumping, uh, Canadian mixed team. So I'm looking here. Okay, put this in perspective for Thomas Maloney Westgard. Competed in Pyeongchang um, in the 15 kilometres freestyle in Pyeongchang. He was 59th. He went from 59th to 14th. Okay, there's something for it. The World Championships last year, uh, he was 35th. Um, no, 41st actually. He was 35th in uh, 2019. And uh, coming into this event, he's ranked 120th in the world. This guy's on fire. Come on. Put it it's thoroughly deserved. Good on you, Tommy. He could be the athlete of the games right now. Um, as, as a researcher, I should have really seen how far Ireland has ever gone uh, before that. Um now, we do have a Canadian on the show in some capacity today. I spoke with uh, Ben Steiner. Now, he's an associate producer with CBC, uh, long-term uh, follower and listener of our shows on Twitter, got in contact with us, uh, said, hey, I'd love to come on the show to have a chat. We're never going to say no to somebody who wants to come on the show. And with no Canadian on today, we thought we'd get some Canadian perspective. So uh, here's a little chat I had with Ben talking about his role, what he's doing with CBC, and uh, some of his uh, thoughts on some events that have happened throughout 
these Olympics. We haven't had a guest on in a couple of days during these Olympics, obviously due to a variety of different circumstances, but we're bringing on a special guest to the show today to talk a little bit around Canadian achievements, particularly around the skiing and the sliding aspects here in Beijing 2022, particularly also because we don't really have Colin on the show today, so we needed to get that Canadian voice still. He's an associate producer working right now with CBC and working some very interesting hours as he's not actually in Beijing, he's in Toronto, so I'm intrigued to hear how he's coping with that. Uh, it's a pleasure to welcome off the podium, Ben Steiner. Ben, first of all, welcome to the show. You've got a great name, so I, I definitely won't forget your name today. That's a, that's a good thing. Well, thank you very much. Uh, I've always been around so many Ben, so it almost feels like a bit of a vanilla name, but uh, it is what it is, <laughs> and I'm happy to be on the show today. Of course, uh, working these strange hours, recording around uh, 4.47 in the morning, uh, my time. Which you sort of put that into context, though, sort of talking to me a bit off air and through Twitter, you are basically living on Beijing time right now. So you've adjusted your body clock. So to you, technically, it's only like 5.40 in the afternoon, right? That's that's how you're looking at it. That's exactly how I'm looking at it. And I sleep from, say, 11 to 5. And when you say that and you think p.m. to a.m., it's completely normal. It's not much sleep, but it's completely normal. But no, when you say uh, a.m. to 5 p.m. and you're sleeping throughout the day it, it's it's certainly weird feels like the world's sort of passing me by around here in toronto but i'm vicariously living through beijing and the olympic games so that's my existence right now i have to be up overnight i have to have this energy to be up overnight and get the work done and tell these stories of the canadian athletes so i do what i have to do and i sleep during the day and fortunately these are the last games in a very distant time zone for a while which, I mean, from an Australian perspective, we've loved the last three Olympics in Pyeongchang, Tokyo and Beijing because they're only just like an hour or so behind us. So it's great. So for, for you guys, obviously, it's a little bit difficult. Come Paris, Milan, then Los Angeles, you guys are back on the, the same page and we're going to be complaining about it on this side of the world. So, uh, you know, I guess swings and roundabouts, right? It depends where you are on the planet. Yeah, it, it definitely depends where you are on the planet. I think it will be nice to get an Olympic Games in a different country. We've had a lot of these Asian Olympic Games uh, in the last little while. And of course, uh, with Beijing, there wasn't really another option. I don't think Almaty was all that much of an option, uh, even though the vote was quite close. Nobody really wanted these 2022 Olympics. And with the way the world is in 2022, that's probably a good thing that people didn't want these ones because you weren't able to really celebrate these games. They're sort of, you had to deal with these games very much like Tokyo 2020 and 2021. But in the next Olympic cycle, when we go to Paris when it goes to Cortina, you can be for sure those will be massive parties. Hopefully the pandemic is a lot less um, vicious around that point. Um, I certainly hope so. That's several years down the road. Uh, and those two countries, exceptional for those two two events. And Paris looks like they're going to do a brilliant job, especially with that opening ceremony that's not going to be in the stadium. I can't wait to see the Canadian boat come down um, the, the river there in Paris. And then, of course, Cortina, Milan. It can't get much better than that for the, for the Winter Games. It's, it's so interesting to hear those words. Can't wait to hear, see the Canadian boat come. Like, you never thought you'd say that at an Olympic exactly. Party, but it's, it's, it's going to be interesting. Just, Ben, before we talk about uh, some of the uh, the Canadian uh, athletes and things that we're here to talk about, just give, give us a bit of a brief background in terms of uh, what you're actually doing right now for, for CBC and, and how you got to be doing what you're doing. Uh, yeah, so right now I'm basically writing for CBC every night, uh, writing recaps on various events of Canadian athletes uh, performing over in Beijing. Um, 
Canadian medals. I've been able to write a few recaps on those as well as tell some very interesting stories, uh, especially from our uh, Canadian moguls team. The Cana- Canadian Mogul- moguls team has been exceptional. Mikhail Kingsbury uh, didn't win this time, but earned a silver medal. And one of your your previous guests, Devin Haru, wrote an exceptional piece on on Mikhail Kingsbury, where he joined in to the Kingsbury family for a whole day and just profiled that family and the success culture sort of around that. Uh, but one of my favorite ones that I've done so far is probably on Marion Thano, an aerial skier for Canada, who actually won mixed aerials bronze uh, in the team event uh, earlier this morning, yesterday, however you want to call it, day six of Beijing 2020. Uh, and she only started aerials four years ago. Uh, she was wow. found through this program in Canada called uh, RBC Training Ground, which basically brings athletes from other athletic events and test their physical attributes and how fit they are and if they could potentially excel in other sports. And that's basically how the Canadian bobsled team is built. They take track athletes, they take football players, they put them through these testing and they put them on the Canadian bob. She was, it gets recruited by Freestyle Canada, an athlete, so many of them willing to get too much focus outside of the four years where they do get the highlight of the Olympic Games. So most of them are quite gracious to have their stories told. Which... It's always fascinating to be able to have them to have their stories told because I think a, a lot of people think Olympians, they're big celebrities, they're, you know, they lead such a perfect life and, and all this kind of stuff, whereas for the most part, no, unless you're a Macau Kingsbury, you know, unless you're a Sean White, something like that, you kind of just go back to a regular everyday life and having to fight for funding and fight for things and all that sort of stuff along the line. So to get their stories told is obviously a, a big deal and being able to do that. And is this something you sort of grew up? You always wanted to be sort of a, a journalist, being able to work on the Olympics. is kind of like a dream come true right now to be able to work for the nation's host broadcaster during an Olympic Games. Uh, I mean, I, I do want to just say that even Mikhail Kingsbury, he still lives with his parents right now. Um, he could probably afford to move out, but he's no millionaire football player, no millionaire hockey player. Um, and so even Canada's best, uh, are still very much, uh, effectively amateur athletes, despite prize money from fist events and some endorsements, but you're not getting too many endorsements when you win a gold medal in Canada compared to when you do that in say the U S um, or Dave riding winning a world cup slalom in the UK. I'm sure he'll get his name on a few cereal boxes. Um, but in terms of myself, uh, yeah, it's a bit of a dream come true right now to be working for the country's host broadcaster. Um, it's pretty cool to have the country's public broadcaster as the one covering the Olympic games. Um, I, I, I think, it, I think it's good. The Olympic games are very accessible in Canada. Every event streams are free on the CBC website. That's not the case in the United States where people have to subscribe to NBC Peacock to really get their their fix of the Olympic Games and every event live, every event on replay when you want it for free in Canada. And it's paid for by the Canadian people. Um, and I think there's a lot of people at the CBC who have that passion to sort of give that back to the Canadian people. Um, and I, I think that's a value shared by so many of us um, and including a guy, Devin Rue. Um, I can't say enough good things about the guy. Um, oh, me neither. Great. One, one of yeah, our I, favorite I, guests we've had on. What, I, what a man. Great he, guy. He, he leads that, that passionate feeling about the CBC. He's been at the CBC his whole life, and it's an honor to be able to do this work for the CBC right now because um, it's somewhere I'd like to work in the future as well. 
Perfect. And big shout out to him. Obviously, sadly, and ended up not being able to make it to uh, to Beijing, obviously, around uh, sort of COVID situations and everything. I know when we had him on the show, he was talking about how he was heading over there, but seems to be uh, enjoying it. Is, is he in Toronto? Like, do you guys sort of work together or like, have you been able to bump into him a little bit during Beijing at all? So I'm actually working from home. Uh, Canada, especially Ontario, uh, where Toronto is, is still under some fairly strict COVID restrictions, not as strict as some of the restrictions uh, worldwide, but still sort of capacity limits and stuff that we've gotten used to like that. So a lot of the CBC crew is actually working from their own bedrooms. I'm doing exactly that. I spend all day right here at my desk at home, uh, <laughs> whereas some of the more senior people at CBC are, are in the building and uh, Devin is rightly in the building, uh, giving his best possible coverage. There you go. Shout out to, to Devin, should he be listening. Just want to talk about a couple of events. Obviously, you're a bit of a skiing man, I believe, Ben. So um, one that we sort of obviously has happened the last couple of days, uh, James Jack Crawford. I'd love for you to explain uh, the, the James Jack, I think it's, it's a great story you're telling me off air, winning the bronze in the combined. Now, he came very close to meddling in a couple of the other events, and he seems like he's having a really good World Cup season. So was this kind of just deserves for what he deserve to get out there and clearly a medal was always on the cusp for him or was this like a complete surprise that nobody was really expecting? Oh, he's been skiing on the precipice of greatness all season. Um, he's been on the edge of the podium and he, the hundreds have just not gone his way to this point. There's fourth, fifth, sixth, sixth in, on the strife in Kitzfuel. He's been right there. And when you're finishing top five on world cup you can win a race may or maybe not win a race you're finishing on the you can finish on the podium it just depends on the hundreds that day there's nothing more you can do at that point you are in the conversation you are right there and you are able to win a race and he was able to do that finally in the alpine combined a weird event in the olympic program um and that event might not be sticking in the olympic program for too much longer um but always funny to see the the big downhillers uh, try and dance through the slalom sticks, but Jack <laughs> quite well. Um, he used to train slalom at Worcester Mountain Ski Club and at Georgian Peaks and training in Ontario. You can't really ski a lot of speed because the hills just aren't that big. Uh, so a lot of those guys get quite good at tech. Um, and then he moved over to Whistler, got better at speed, uh, but still had those tech basics. And they don't set the hardest slalom course for the Alpine combined. And he was able to uh, dance through the sticks. Um, I know a few people here have been saying, Jack, be nimble, Jack, be quick, Jack, dance through the slalom stick. Uh, and uh, he got himself on the podium earned a bronze medal. So uh, a watershed moment for this generation of Canadian ski racing, because getting on the Olympic podium, just the seventh Canadian to ever do that first since uh, 2014, when Jan Hudek did it at 32 years old in the Super G. But Hudek, when he did it, he was 32. And that's the end of his career. He was never the best skier on that group of Canadian Cowboys and Manny Osborne and Eric Gay and Mike Yannick. If you go a bit farther back, um, Eric Gay came close in Vancouver two top five finishes. Um, but to get actually on the Olympic podium for Jack Crawford, uh, exceptional and brother Thompson earlier this season in Beaver Creek as well, getting a super G bronze. Uh, this generation of Canadian ski racing is here. They just need a name. We had the crazy Canucks. We had the Canadian Cowboys. No name yet. I, 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 I couldn't even come up with one. I'm, I'm, I was going to call him the Aussie just because if, he, if he's training in Whistler, I mean, half the people who live there are Australian anyway, so you can probably claim him to be half Aussie. So kangaroos, I, I don't know. That's not very Canadian. But, uh, you know, Whistler, I'm trying to border on something there. 
certainly, certainly, certainly a lot of Aussies and Whistler. I've spent a lot of time there myself, uh, basically grew up skiing Whistler, um, and sort of brush shoulders with some of the guys on the Olympic team right now. So, uh, pretty cool to see guys that I, I wouldn't say that I've grown up with them or their teammates, but guys I've, I've brushed shoulders with at, at points. Um, and that's cool to see them on the podium, but just so massive for Canadian ski racing because it's a sport that to an extent has been dying in Canada. There's a lot of sports that are dying in Canada just because first of all, the cost to the accessibility of it. Um, and Canada hasn't won a ton. People don't see the Canadians on the podium. And yes, if you get a podium on a world cup, the ski racing fans will see that, but they're already ski racing. The general sports mm. isn't watching that, but Jack Crawford on the Olympic podium. People saw that. People want to ski race because Canada has, I think it's 11, 12 medals at these games now at time of recording. And 12, yeah. And yeah. That's, that's massive. Um, yes, it's bronze. Yes, some people might say it's the second loser, um, but he's on the podium at the Olympic Games and probably inspired a ton of kids doing that. And, and and the name Jack, so he's listed as James, but so why is it, What where does the nickname Jack come from? So it's actually an interesting story. His sister was unable to pronounce James uh, when she was little, so started going by Jack, uh, and it stuck. Uh, so Jack, James Crawford, same guy. Um, his Instagram is still James Crawford. Uh, we call him Jack Crawford here in Canada. Um, some people call him James Crawford, so... It's really a bit all over the place. Uh, fortunately for him on the live timing, it's just Jay Crawford and that works both ways. It does indeed. It does indeed. You mentioning about podium at an Olympics and getting attention. The one that's going to do a lot for one sport in particular, of course, is ski jumping. Uh, the, one of two sports that Canada never medaled going into these Olympics. And sadly, you're not going to do that in Nordic combined if you don't have a Nordic combined athlete. But I mean, we talked, we were on air, I talked to you about this off air about sort of our connection to, to this bronze, but, you know, we talked to Colin a little bit about this, about how, what this would do for Canada, but from your perspective, working for the CBC, what, what does this mean for ski jumping in Canada? I mean, is it going to blow up from this point on? Because this was something that nobody in Canada remotely expected that you would walk away from these games with a, a medal in ski jumping. Yeah, n- none of the Canadian athletes expected it either. Um, that they would walk away with the medal in ski jumping. It really came out of a bit of nowhere. Uh, I had a friend in Germany message me that Canada was close to getting a podium in ski jump. And I just responded in all caps, what? Uh, <laughs> like completely out of nowhere. I've followed Mackenzie Boyd close uh, since he made his debut at Vancouver 2010, but he's always been just an also ran and another, just this one Canadian basically uh, on the world cup. But here they are potentially pushing for a podium. And I think that's sort of the magic of these team events is you have to have four good athletes um, to three or four good athletes to be able to compete. Um, and if you don't have that, well, you're not going to win these medals and Canada has four very, they're not great. They're not best in the world, but they are perfectly in the middle of the pack and with a couple of disqualifications. And I know there's a lot of controversy about that. Um, they were able to put themselves on the podium. And in terms of, in terms of story, fantastic story, fantastic. They got on the podium. I don't feel better for any athlete other than I, I couldn't feel better for an athlete than Mackenzie Boyd close been on world cup since he was 18 years old, debuted at Vancouver, 2010 
um, always been that other guy and now he has an Olympic medal. So that's pretty cool. Um, extremely happy for him to be able to do that. But in terms of what it actually does for the sport in Canada, I want to be positive. I want to say like Canada is going to completely blow up in, in ski jumping. The problem is there's not a jump in Canada mm. that's actually operational. The one built for the Calgary, Calgary 1988 Olympics, famous for Eddie the Eagle, um, that is too small now. People have gone jumping too far. Uh, the one in Whistler um, is still technically usable, um, but it's only maintained so it doesn't cause an avalanche. Um, people don't jump on it. The Canadian team trains in pickup trucks in Alberta and then goes and trains in Slovenia. They are not home for months at a time. Um, a colleague of mine actually coming up with a story with that quite soon. It's not going to blow up in Canada unless it's accessible and unless there's a jump. And I think the Vancouver 2030 Olympics could do great things, but it's all about getting the jump open. Um, and they will have to get a jump open for potentially hosting in, in 2030, um, assuming Vancouver wins that bid, which it seems as though they're the front runner for that. Um, yes, Sapporo and Salt Lake are, are in that too. Um, and Almaty will be too. They, they seem to be in every Olympic bid. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it's not going to blow up in Canada unless there's a jump. And right now there's not a jump. It, which is a shame, but I mean, it's it's obviously a, a moment right now. I think we just save savior and, and celebrate. And uh, you know, as you're saying with, with Mackenzie, we're obviously very happy with uh, Abby and Ali. Uh, you know, having had them on the show in the lead up, and we should also mention Matthew as well. Uh, happy for everyone. It's it's exciting. I'm not even Canadian, and I'm I'm very excited for the fact that this uh, happened. Just heading into the the second week, uh, Ben. What what are some events that you're you're really looking forward to, uh, either from a personal perspective? or maybe just as a Canadian perspective as well. Obviously, we know the hockey finals are coming up. Uh, that's that's a big thing, we know. But, uh, I mean, particularly for yourself, is, is there something or a couple of events that you're really looking forward to in the second week? Well, the men's hockey uh, is going to be exciting this time. It was going to be, I think, fantastic play if the NHL did go and the best players in the world were there. Um, but the, the NHL is not there. Um, it's a, still a very talented Canadian team, a very talented American team. But I'm excited to see exactly how close it's going to get. Yes, it was 5-1 against Germany in Canada's first game. Sweet and revenge. Sweet revenge, Ben. Sweet Come revenge. on, revenge ben. for Pyeongchang. <laughs> revenge from the semifinals in Pyeongchang. Um, it's just a group stage game. It's not a semifinal. Um, but it, it'll be an entertaining tournament. And there's a couple NHL prospects on the team and a, a couple former NHLers on the team as well uh, that'll really make things interesting, including 2010 Olympic champion Eric Stahl. Um, mm-hmm. at uh, 37 years old, so he'll be fun to watch. Um, and of course, the U.S. got out to uh, a quick start against China, eight nothing. Um, I was actually impressed by the Chinese team, however, four nothing against the U.S. and a lot of college guys on that American team. Um, I, I was quite happy to see that China wasn't completely blown out of the water. Um, of course, the story might be different if NHLers did go. Um, 32nd ranked team in the world heading into the Olympic Games probably don't. 31 spot ahead of Australia, Ben. For God's sakes, Australia could be at the Olympics based on that. Come on, <laughs> they've got to they've got to win a bid for the Winter Olympics. I mean, they might as well. Um, but hey, well, te- uh, technically, I, Brisbane 2032 again is a Winter Olympics. It's been held in Australia's winter, so I'm calling it. We could have ice hockey in Brisbane 2032 technically. Well, the the interesting thing there, and it's a bit of a tangent, but the NHL actually wants the hockey in the winter or in the summer Olympics. So it can send its players and not disturb its season. So 
could it be 2032? It's a quite a ways down the way. Olympic program not confirmed for that point yet. Um, But in terms of events that I'm excited for in the second week, I think all the attraction really has to go to the sliding track in Yanqing. Um, The Canadian bobsled team will win medals. That's effectively a guarantee. Yes, uh, Kaylee Humphreys is not wearing the Canadian flag this time, uh, rather competing against Canada with the American, but there's three spots on the podium. Kaylee Humphreys is only one of them. Uh, And I'm pretty confident that uh, Melissa Lothols or Christine De Bruin I can find their way to a podium for Canada. Uh, Sarah Villani as well. Um, it, it, it should be an entertaining week on the on the sliding track for the Canadians. And they're right in the hunt in the women's skeleton as well. Men's skeleton, a bit of weakness. Blake Enzi, 20 years old, and he'll, he won't podium in that. But women's skeleton, Mira, Mirella Ravina, known as Mimi, um, she won the first run and then um, sort of slid in the... I mean, she slid in the first round. It's a sliding sport, but slid back uh, in, in the second we round. Were, we were grateful uh, for that one, by the way. Thanks for that. Jackie was very happy. So we, we appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, and uh, she's back in ninth now, but only about six tenths of a second back. And with two runs, four runs of the Olympic Games, there's definitely a lot of time to make up and uh, time to make up time uh, and time to fall back more. So it's a long way from done, but it should be an exciting week on the sliding track. It's going to be an exciting week no matter where you look at it because we're in an Olympic Games, Ben, and this is what we're pumped. We're so excited for. We really appreciate you taking the time, obviously, very busy with keeping up to date with everything there, and uh, we we enjoyed this chat. We're going to get you on at some point in the future. We'll have a longer chat. We'll learn more about you. We'll learn more about your passions and everything else in between, but uh, appreciate your time here and off the podium and uh, keep up the great work there for CBC. Well, thank you very much, and I love the stuff you guys do, uh, do as well. So, uh, one more week left in these games and it should be a fun one. And that was a great chat with Ben. And as you uh, heard me say there, we'll get him on at some point, have a bit of a longer chat with him and uh, learn a bit about there. But good to find out, Jared, that uh, Jack and James are the same person for Crawford. So we were right in calling him James and Jack. And yeah, do, uh, do some people call you James and Jack and Jared or not really? No, I've got Jacob before. Jay, okay. I think when, yeah. when I graduated uh, uni, they did call out uh, Jacob, which was um, just a little bit annoying. Um, <laughs> the certificate was right. So that's the main thing, the main thing. Um, yep. But yeah, graduating as Jacob, not the highest uh, point in my life. How, how do you get Jacob? Like, where does that come from? I don't know. Don't know. Do you, have you ever had a nickname? Compare should have put their glasses on. Uh, I yeah. know. I haven't. No, never. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've had nicknames. They're not probably appropriate for me to say on air and ones that I particularly liked. But um, it's, uh, yeah, I've never really had a nickname either. I think Ben is a nickname of Benjamin. So I think it just kind of, it it fits in that way, really. Um, So tomorrow, 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 uh, I guess we're all going to be focused on on Jackie. But the other one I think we should mention, um, the Mixed Teams Snowboard Cross. Now, it's interesting because obviously... Australia goes into this as the world champions uh, with Bill Brockhoff and Jared Hughes. But unfortunately, Jared Hughes did not do too well in the, uh, the the men's snowboard cross. So he was left out. So it actually goes to Bill Brockhoff and Cam Bolton. But breaking news in the snowboard cross mixed, Australia has been given a second team featuring Josie Baff. Surprise, surprise, the only other female. And uh, Adam Lambert, I believe. So uh, poor old Jared gets the... Uh, the stink from both. So, uh, and they're both also 
in the same quarterfinal. So all things go to plan, both go through. But um, how are you feeling about this? Because this was, I can't remember if this was one of your predictions, but my prediction for one of the medals was bronze for Jared and Bell. Well, it's not going to be for them, but I, I'm still standing by. I've, I'm, and this is more for Bell. No disrespect to Cam and Adam or, or Josie, because obviously we'd love that for off the podium, but um, Bell's an off the podium guest as well. And I think just more of a, a redemption thing. This is this to me is almost like an Ash Barty-esque thing from Tokyo last year, that Ash couldn't do it in the singles. She got it done in the mixed doubles. So this to me is kind of like the Bell Brockhoff Ash Barty moment, and I'd love to see Bell get a medal. Yeah, this is an interesting one. I think we were all questioning whether Jared would be put in the team, but in my mind, as soon as this came up, that maybe we're going to have a second team, I was like, okay, well, they'll just slot him in there for the sake of it. Um, but the fact that he hasn't made either, I just feel like he's always like embroiled in controversy. Uh, at Pyeongchang, we had the like whole like chompy Jared rivalry, um, <laughs> that they never really got to the bottom of. Um, but no favoritism here, no favoritism at all. Like he was like the name going in, I suppose. And I'm, it makes sense. They did it based off the results. I am nervous that we're both in the same quarterfinal. Um, I'm trying to put the uh, three, four, uh, both of our teams out in the first run out of my mind. Uh, shame we couldn't have been in the quarterfinal with only three teams and we guaranteed a spot through. Um, but yeah, fingers crossed uh, we can get at least one team too. Uh, if if not, uh, first and second would be would be great moving forward into the uh, into the semis. Yeah, I'm calling rigged bullshit, to be honest, because I'm looking here at the uh, other quarterfinals in which countries have multiple teams. So Canada have uh, two teams. Italy have two teams. The USA have two teams. France have two teams. Um, yeah, they're all in separate semis, uh, quarters, I should say. But Australia, no, we get lumped in the same one. So, like, thanks, IOC, FIS, like, whatever you want to do it with it. Um, so we're in quarterfinal two up against the US and Switzerland. So... Um, yeah, are we up against Jacobellis? Is uh, she and ours? Yes, we are. Uh, and Baumgartner as well. Oh, God, what an all-star team that is. Jesus. Uh, that's kind of disappointing because you want both of us to go through, both the Aussies, but you kind of want uh, Jacobellis and Baumgartner to go through as well. So, Jesus. Um, Canada are in quarterfinal three with France, USA, and Rock, and they're also in quarterfinal four with Italy, Britain, and Austria. Although so, with, I will say with two Australian teams in the same quarterfinal, there's opportunity for tactics here, right? Well, exactly. If you uh, get one of your Aussie teams sitting up there in the top two with probably the US, then like, I mean, the other team surely is just like running defense on Switzerland, blocking the take, course. Take them out. Yeah. Just just choke them, choke them down the course. Uh, little yeah, elbow but, thrown out there. Exactly. Just, you know, sneaky little elbow across the face. That's the Australian way. Um, just uh, going that way for that. Um, but obviously tomorrow, yeah, Jackie. Now, um, I'm guessing we're going to be probably, uh, if we're going back to late recordings, we might be on air when this is happening. I, I don't know how we're feeling about it. But, like, it's the thing is that, yeah, this is literally going to be at, like, midnight. So, like, this isn't like today where the, the runs were during the day. I'm seeing here that the fourth heat is actually at 5 to 1 in the morning, Australian Eastern Standard Time. So um, the first heat is at 11.20 Australian Eastern Time. So all things go to plan there. I'm going into the last run. You know, she's in a good spot. But um, are we making predictions for tomorrow, Jared? Uh, what are you? I mean, any medals at all tomorrow with these two potential events? Uh, I, I'm just going to say I'm going to stick to my bronze for the, uh, the mixed team. 
And I am going to say Jackie will get a, she'll get a, oh, no, I, uh, no, I don't think she's going to medal. I, I just, I just, I, like, I want, I want her to, of course I do. But I just, I don't know, there's just something. The Germans are coming. Like, I just, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel this is one of those hyped events that we're getting a bit ahead of ourselves with. Yeah, I, my gut is saying no medal in either, if I'm being completely honest. Um, but I really hope that would just, oh, like, I'm excited by the prospect of the skeleton. Like, like the, the snowboard cross, great. I, I would love us to medal in it. But the skeleton, like, if we can win a medal, and the fact that it's on so late as well, if I can be up at like, I don't know, by the time she goes like, I don't know, 20 past one in the morning or whatever, <laughs> um, celebrating a gold in the skeleton, it would just be like such an amazing moment. Um, but yeah, not getting ahead of ourselves. Um, she's got to get through that heat three as for first as well before we get down to the final heat. Um, but it should be an interesting one. Breaking news in the short track, just quickly, uh, from a Canadian perspective. Obviously, we know Brendan Corey, sadly, uh, will not progress. But uh, Stephen Dubois is uh, through in his heat, and Jordan-Pierre Gilles is also through in his heat. So two Canadians will go through in that one. Yeah, look, it's the thing that's exciting from this point on, from an Australian perspective, is that we just need the one more medal. We, just, we, we want one more medal to break this, this three. We want to get to four. And we've got plenty of opportunities, obviously, still to come. We've got two golden opportunities tomorrow. We've still got the freaking aerials to come, which is, you know, the one that we are all kind of hoping will bring a medal or two, potentially three. Who knows? Bree, obviously, in the monobob. Uh, you know, we've still got a few to come next week, which are potentials, uh, you know, that we can sort of look at. I, I've, I've got a weird feeling, a really good feeling about Sammy Kennedy Sim. I, I don't know why, but just something about her, I feel, is on, on point with this. So um, there's some opportunities to come for Australia, but... God, I mean, open the floodgates, win two tomorrow, two on Monday. God, we can end up with fucking seven. Um, but uh, now that I've said that, we're only going to end up with three, clearly. You know that's uh, that's going to be the case. Um, from an Australian uh, – sorry, from an off-the-podium perspective uh, as well, tomorrow outside, obviously, Bell and Josie, of course. Uh, Scott Gow back in the biathlon, the 10-kilometre sprint after getting fifth the other day. So uh, fingers crossed for Scott. And, of course, Casey Larson will continue tomorrow in the ski jumping uh, and uh, tomorrow, of course, will be the last day of Skeleton. It only just started, but it will be over with uh, going on that way tomorrow. Fancy um, not having a team relay in that. <laughs> Where's the double Skeleton? I'm telling you now. Like, I mean, I want doggy style going down the, the hill there. Um, I reckon they should have to hit the button with their feet too when, when they go under <laughs> it for the next person. Headbutt it, like, boof. Um, what what's what, like in um the the open water swimming right when you got to jump up and hit it mm-hmm. like you know why not? Um, so medals actually decided tomorrow. Uh, so yeah, the men's sprint and biathlon, cross country skiing, the the women's four by five kilometer relay, skeleton women's obviously the ski jumping large hill as we said, mixed uh, snowboard cross as we said, and in the speed skating the five hundred meters in the men's so only six medals, uh, medal events I should say decided tomorrow but uh getting close valentine's day monday massive day that is the monobob day and that is the aerials day that's the one that you know it's going to be a loved up day for australia ben will be going down that course 
uh, in the bobsled. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Did not do a medal tally last night. I apologize for all our medal tally fans out there. Um, and obviously still with two events to be decided that this is the medal tally as of this very moment. Norway are back on top of the medal tally. Celebrate in Oslo. Uh, six gold, three silver, five runs, 14 in total. Germany, come on, Germany, pick up your game in your, now that your luge events are done. Uh, six gold, three silver, zero bronze. Got to win some more bronzes there, Germany. Come on. Um, nine in total. Sweden, five gold, two silver, two bronze, nine for them. Austria, four gold, six silver, four bronze, 14 for them. The US, four gold, five silver, one bronze, 10 for them. Canada, 14th place, one gold, four silver, seven bronze, 12 in total. Australia, 16th place, one gold, one silver, one bronze, three in total. Can I just say, we win a bronze tomorrow. We equal Finland. That's a big one in the winters. Um, if we're doing order by total, which again, I'm on board for that. Canada actually equals third and Australia are still 16th. So uh, nothing changes there <laughs> when it comes from that. And just an update, New Zealand still uh, with one gold, zero silver, <laughs> zero bronze, just in case uh, people are wondering there. Uh, I mean, dumb question, but I'm guessing the one you're looking forward to most tomorrow is the skeleton and see how Jackie goes, Jared. Yeah, 100%. Um, Lock in the skeleton. Lock in. If she's she's gonna get a medal, can she do well in the uh in the third run? So I bother staying up. If she's not gonna medal, um I'd appreciate if she could uh just not do so crash hot in that third run so that I can uh, go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, it's all about Jared, Jackie. If you're listening, don't make me just, stop for no reason. Just you know? think about Jared, <laughs> all right? Okay, you think about beloved Jacob here. Jacob, Jacob needs his sleep, okay? He's got a busy weekend ahead. Um, big thanks everybody for tuning in. Big thanks to Ben for joining us. Hello, Colin. If you're listening, I'm sure you've enjoyed this message. Hope you've enjoyed your day out of, uh, confinement essentially. Um, remember to like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, vote for us in the sports podcast awards, sportpodcastawards.com. Register, vote. How many times today, Jared? You're a busy man again. Five times. Five times. Oh, doesn't even hesitate. He knows. He knows he's voted that many times. So, Get on board the uh, the vote train there on the Sports Podcast Awards. And we will be back tomorrow after a medal-winning day. Scotty James, you little champion, you little beauty, uh, future Canadian royalty. I did I did love following uh, Chloe Stroll's uh, page today when uh, she had to mute her Instagram story because apparently she was crying. So, uh, and I just, it happened to happen on the day that Aston Martin launched their new car. So, uh, brother-in-law Lance, uh, obviously busy day for him. Daddy, Papa Stroll, uh, his son-in-law winning Olympic silver. And did you know that Sam Mack, Channel 7 Sam Mack is dating, uh, Scotty James's sister. I did love that awkward moment when they cut him today. And he's like, oh, just let you know, she's my girlfriend. I don't just put my hand on all of my guests. Like I'm thinking, Wait, really? You're dating Scott James' sister? Like, this is a this is a very interesting six degrees of separation. Keeping in, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that, but good on you, uh, Sammy Mac. Yeah, it's not going to last. <laughs> are you a Sammy? Are you a Sammy Mac fan or uh, not particularly? No, Gold Logie nominee. Um, I interviewed him years ago at a at Australian Grand Prix. I had no idea who he was. Uh, they were like, they they like Ben. You're interviewing people at the celebrity at Cool. So interview Katrina Roundtree. Great. You're going to love to interview Katrina Roundtree. Legend. And all of a sudden they're like, okay, Ben, you're going to interview Sam Mack. I'm like, who? Uh, <laughs> like, I think back then he was just like a, a Melbourne radio person. I don't think he was on Sunrise at the point. So I don't know who he was, who he is now. 
But I mean, he was a nice guy. It was a fun interview, but I still to that moment, I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Celebrity race? Okay. Now he's dating Scott Jane's sister. So, okay. Um, Jacob, thanks for joining us today. It's been a pleasure. No problem. Always a great time. <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in to Off the Podium. Special shout out to Jason Momoa. And remember, go left. What an episode. You loved every single second of it. It's been, again, just quickly reminding you once again, if you want to help us win a Sports Podcast Award, sportspodcastawards.com, register to vote, click on Best Olympic and Paralympic Podcast section, listen to the other nominees, and then go, hey, off the podium's awesome. They're so good. They put in so much work and so much effort, and we just love them, and they deserve to go on the podium for once. Ben's awesome. Jared's awesome. Colin's okay, but he's also kind of awesome. We'd really appreciate it. And particularly if you've actually listened to the rest of this and ended up here, because generally I assume you've well and truly tuned out by now. But seriously, if you're at this point of the podcast, then you're a true listener. And that means that you're a true fan and you should vote for us. Sportspodcastawards.com. Do it now. We will thank you forever. Literally ever. Like every episode moving forward, we will thank you forever. Sportspodcastawards.com. All right. Thanks for tuning in. We'll speak to you next time on Off the Podium. I'm I'm really going to go now. Bye.